Hello everyone, and welcome to our third official episode of our podcast, where we release an episode every month talking to a student or a faculty member about something they are passionate about or knowledgeable in. For this episode, we talked to Dr. Cullen about his upcoming book on how perceptions in television have changed over time. We really hope you enjoy this episode, so without further ado, um, let's get started. Okay. The first question I have is just, can you introduce yourself and what you do at GCDS? Sure. Uh, My name is Jim Cullen. I teach history here at GCDS, and I'm in my first year as a teacher here. Um, Can you give a quick summary of what your book is about? I know it's quite complicated, but just a general overview. I'm a historian, and I'm a cultural historian, and more specifically still, I'm generally uh, often a, a historian of popular culture. So I write a lot about the modern media, whether it's uh, popular music or uh, popular fiction. Um, And one of the things I write about is television. And one of the things I've always been interested in is the way um, popular media represent history or how they show history. So this project that I I have coming out in a few weeks, it's called From Memory to History, 20th Century Versions of American History. Uh, And so I look at a number of TV shows over the course of the last 50 years and how they portray different periods in American history. So I have a chapter on uh, The Waltons, which was a show about the Great Depression that was made in the 1970s. Or I have a chapter on a show called Hogan's Heroes, which was a sitcom about a prisoner of war camp in in Nazi Germany in the 1940s. Kind of strange, especially because it was a comedy. Um, uh, I have a chapter on MASH, which was a show about the Korean War, uh, also from the 1970s. I I have a chapter on um, The Americans, which was a a show about uh, the 1980s. Um, Mad Men, which is a a show about the 1960s. And then finally, Halt and Catch Fire, which is a show about the 1980s and 90s. When analyzing all of these TV shows, how have you seen the perception of history of these like different time periods change over time or just with these TV shows? Yeah, I mentioned that I'm a, I'm a, you know, a historian of the popular media, but I'm all, one of my interests is, is what's called historiography, which is the way, the way different events are, are sort of reinterpreted over time. So, you know, the way, for example, uh, the American Civil War was perceived as kind of a tragic mistake, you know, and then later it was perceived as sort of a necessary struggle, or may or or may have been perceived as a uh, you know a, a a clash of economies, you know, and so on. So um, I'm interested, for example, how a show like The Waltons, which is about the 1930s, but because it's made the 1970s, it tends to have a more of a liberal interpretation of the 1930s, you know. Um, um, MASH is a show about the Korean War that is that is being made during the time of the Vietnam War. And so the show really almost functions, it's really more about Vietnam than it is about Korea in some, in some important sense. Um, you know, these are the kinds of things that sort of intrigue me. Oh, okay, so we were talking a bit about time periods. Were there any shows that you saw that... Um, compared to shows that were made a while ago, did they have any ideologies or kind of views on monumental events that were very, very different? Well, um, you know, you know, one of the things, you know, this book is called From Memory to History, and the reason I say that is because these shows were about, 
were about events that people, the people, the people who watch them live through, right? So, so a show like Mad Men, you know, is a show about the 1960s. I mean, I was alive in the 1960s. I was a kid, but I was alive in the 1960s. So, you know, uh, there is a there is a there is a way in which you look at these kinds of things a little bit differently when they're things that you know you sort of knew, you know, as opposed to something some of the Civil War where you have to sort of rely on different different interpretations. Um, you know, when you watch a show like Mad Men about the 1960s, you know, you, 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 you realize, or I realize, you know, that there's a kind of, a, you know, material, um, you know, a kind of a tactile sort of quality to the clothes and the offices and the furniture, you know, that I don't think I fully appreciated when I was living through it, you know. And, and is being sort of foregrounded, you know. You're aware when you watch Mad Men that everybody's smoking and drinking, and smoking and drinking during lunch, <laughs> you know, which just knew it would never happen now. And, and, you know, it's not that I didn't know that, but you're sort of aware that that didn't continue. People don't drink at work anymore. Um, but you, you, and you realize that the time that you lived through was a little bit stranger than you thought because something else sort of replaced it. So that's the sort of the wrinkle that the memory angle introduces into this. Yeah, and I was just kind of wondering, do you, like, if, for example, the Civil War, you saw it very differently depending on, like, what side you were on? So do you see, like, this different perception in the media about, like, how people see events and how they portray them? Well, uh, let me try to answer that. I hope I'm going to answer it. You know, that one thing that really changed about the way I teach the course that, that, um, that half the 10th grade is teaching now is that... Uh, one of the shows that I looked at was Boardwalk Empire, which was a show about the about prohibition, uh, about about you know, about, you know which took, place, took took effect in 1919 and lasted until 1933. And you know the show um, portrays prohibition the way that most people remember, which was a mistake. You know it didn't work out very well. I mean the whole show is about the organized. The show is about a gangster, and it and it's about how you know organized crime flourishes, right? But one of the things I didn't really under, that really sort of surprised me when I thought about it, when I, especially when I watched these early episodes, is how, this, again, the same people who were pushing prohibition, who were clearly making a mistake, were also the people who were most actively in favor of women's suffrage, which clearly was not a mistake, you know. And so we, we, tend, we, we tend to, in the popular major, completely separate those things. We think of one as really good and the other as really bad, but we forget that the same set of people were promoting both. And that that element of complexity, you know, that sort of irony, that paradox is something that, you know, I don't think I really understood before I watched the show and which now sort of informs the way I think about that period. You mentioned um, in one of the TV shows you were talking about the perception later had become a little bit more liberal. Mm -hmm. Do you think that our perception on past events is becoming more liberal, more conservative? Or there's no really um, direct correlation between that. Well, I think we're living in a time of, of, of significant cultural upheaval mm -hmm. uh, that's that's comparable to the last great period, which which is the 1960s. And I think we're seeing that in the kinds of shows that are being made and the emphasis that that some of these shows have. You know, whether whether they're shows like Blackish or Fresh Off the Boat that are really making an effort to foreground certain kinds of American experiences that have sort of been overlooked, or the way um, certain issues like say abortion are being engaged and talked about you know that i mean abortion is kind of an interesting example because um 
it was during the, the 1970s that, that abortion became became legal in the United States. And, you know, I've seen some evidence that, you know, that, that it was fairly casual and talked about and then sort of gradually became more taboo as a subject. Insofar as anybody talked about taboo, I mean, talked about abortion in movies or television, it was generally something that the woman was thinking about doing, but ultimately decided not to, you know, and that was the right decision. You know, now I think that's much less um, clear cut, you know, and I think that, that uh, um, you know, it's something that, that is more of a, of a cultural option, the way that it's portrayed you know, in, in a TV show, you know, so that's that's an example of just how something has changed and changed back, you know, over the course of a uh, half century. Um, you talked a bit about television kind of highlighting some things that may have been strange, that may not have been strange to people living in that specific time, but are strange to us now. Mm -hmm. um, do you think that television can create misconceptions of crimes or false narratives? Well, um, sure, it can. I mean, but of course, that's true of any kind of narrative. I mean, any kind of history book, you know, any kind of movie, any kind of any kind of memory, you know, the party that you and I went to last week, and I say, you know, Evan was just totally out of control. I mean, we could not. We had a. I mean, he was he was an embarrassment, and everyone would say I was an embarrassment. You know, I mean, I was just having a good time. I mean, you know, like there's all there's never. I'm not sure that there was ever really an objective account of of anything, but it is true that you know, it is true that. Um, you know, TV shows in particular, you know, will often peddle in kind of a shorthand. You know, they don't necessarily have the time or inclination to get into lots of details or make exceptions or, you know, portray multiple sides of the story. And so you do tend to, you do tend to get sort of maybe an exa exaggerations or distortions. And I think that that's, but that also is part of, for example, of what comedy is, right? I mean, you know, you, you, you watch a sitcom and you have a character, you know, you have the, you know, the ditzy girl, you know, or the wonky guy or the, or perhaps the perhaps the dizzy girl who turns out to be a great chemist, you know, or the wonky guy who uh, turns out to be a terrific dancer. I mean, there, there's a little of that kind of stuff going on. But but I think that you know, popular culture often deals in shorthand that can be perceived correctly as a distortion or you know, a mischaracterization of what's really going on. Um, how do you think or predict these changes of perception on the past, perspective on the past will manifest in the future? What will it look like in 20, 30 years from now? <laughs> well, you know, this is where a guy like me says, you know, I'm a historian. I'm in the past, past business. I'm not yeah. really in the future business. The only thing I, but, but to try to give you a, a meaningful answer, if not an entirely satisfactory one, the one thing that I, that I do really believe, I feel like I know in my bones, is that, um, is that things are going to change, you know, and, 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 and this is, you know, this may sound like a um, simplistic or sentimental or, you know, meaningless, but I, but, I, but I don't think it is because I think what it, what it should give us is a sense of humility. I mean, a lot of us go around knowing what we know is right and condemning that which we know is wrong. And very often because these things that are wrong, you know, have been wrong for a long time and really do need to change and so on. But, you know, th there can be little doubt in my own mind that, um, that in the future, we're going to look every bit as foolish and every bit as appalling as, um, as, you know, the people that we look at from 50 or 100 or sort of 200 years ago. That's interesting. Um, what you talked about some, how some of this, um, 
research from your book changed your perception and maybe even how you taught how you taught some things in your history class or just saw some things um are there any like big takeaways you got from just the experience of watching these tv shows and writing this book well you know for me this was a little bit personal in the sense that I, in, in recent years i've been writing more about the the the, the period between say uh, the late 1960s and the mid-1980s, which is sort of the, the time when I was sort of your age and going through college and whatnot. And so for, for me, this has been a little bit of an exercise in nostalgia and reliving some of this stuff. And, you know, this has been, you know, this has been kind of part of the fun of it for me, frankly. But, but um, it also, you know, is a reminder to me, you know, how lucky I was to come of age when I did, uh, and 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 perhaps to make me also less inclined to take certain things for granted, you know, whether 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 it's a matter of sort of the privilege that I had that that uh, that other people haven't had, or you know, whether it's a matter of sort of the things that I enjoy to do that I don't can't necessarily enjoy to do to do now, you know, or simply to you know, appreciate, you know, things I'm living in the moment because I understand how perishable they are. I mean, that, you know, that's that's a personal thing, but I think that's a very real thing. And I think it's one of the things that history is sort of good for, you know, to realize that you occupy a particular piece of landscape and to look around at that landscape and try to think about it in comparison to other landscapes that are out there. Yeah. So when, when you were looking at these different TV shows, were there, did you notice any patterns in these changes changes of ideologies like was it big corporations modern technology standard education all of them combined oh for sure you know um there are definitely um you know cultural styles i mean usually it, people sometimes speak in shorthand like I, I just did i said the 1970s were sort of a liberal period or the 1980s were a conservative period which i think is true uh it's also true that there's always countercurrents or there's always sort of things pushing back you know, in, in those in, the, in those moments, um, and and I think that's I mean actually uh, right now I'm working on a book about the year um, 1980 as a turning point as a cultural turning point. And one of the things that fascinates me about it is that when you look at 1980 and you look at a TV show uh, or a movie from 1980, you can you can see both at the same time the 70s where it's coming from and the 80s sort of where where it's sort of going going to, you know. Um, right? For example, um, I've been watching a show called The Dukes of Hazard, which was really popular in, in, in the early 1980s. And the show is set in Georgia and it's set in the South. And partly that's because the president of the United States at the time was Jimmy Carter and the, and the South and Georgia was sort of really popular. There was a show even called Carter Country. But the characters are also talking like the kinds of people that Ronald Reagan would be appealing to when he ran in president. So those two things are sort of side by side. You can almost, it's like, it's like I can see the child and the old woman that Ellery is as I look at her. And I, you know, I mean, they're, 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 they're sort of in there, you know, and, and uh, you know, if we were to look at her, a, a picture for 50 years from now, we'd, we'd see, we'd, we'd see that, but we'd also see who she was. And that, that to me is one of the more interesting things about, um, you know, looking at, looking at this stuff. Um, to kind of bring this to a nice close almost, what is a TV show that like I, or a movie that I could go home and watch and then like try to take the same lens of analysis? Well, you know, it's, in a way that's, that's hard to answer just because, you know, I, I know shows that I think that would be very useful for you. For example, I've written a book on about a TV show called All in the Family, which was, uh, 
the number one show on television for five years in a row in the 1970s and was seen by 50 million people a week. I mean, I want to want to pause there. 50 million people a week. People got really you know crazy because Game of Thrones got 10 million people in its finale. In other words, one fifth, right? And that was a one-time thing. This is week after week after week after week of people of, of, of uh, you know you know whatever 25 percent of the U.S. population watching this show. But it's more than just watching the show. This was a show that, to speak what I was talking about earlier, about the transition of the 1960s to 1970s. It was a show in which conservatives and feminists argued about abortion and menopause and rape and, and racism. You know, it really was kind of remarkable. And it's a show that would never make it on the air today because it would get, it would just be, it would be eaten alive by people who thought it was, you know, inappropriate. So, um, you know, there, there are certainly sort of shows like that are out there. There are other shows that are just, you know, just a lot of fun. I mean, um, you know, whether you're talking about, uh, you know, a show like Family Ties, which was big in the 80s about a conservative kid and his hippie parents, you know, or a show like Seinfeld, which was which was billed itself as a show about nothing, but in fact was really about the Clinton era, you know, in some important sense. So there's an awful lot out there. And, that, and that's one of the nice things about the media culture that you're in. I mean, you, you can, you can, I mean, all you have to do is sit your laptop and tap a little bit and you get some of this stuff, you know. Back in those days, you had to wait, you know, until 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 Saturday night or you know Saturday night at eight o'clock, you know. If you, and if you missed it, you, maybe you see the rerun in six months, but that would sort of be it. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Bruce. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. We just wanted to give a special shout out to Dr. Cullen for taking the time to talk with us this episode. If you have any questions or want to feature on the podcast with your own topic, don't hesitate to contact either myself or Ellery. See you next time.